Yo, yo, guys, it's your inconsistent babe here, Hibs, back with season two. Can't lie, this pandemic has really been getting to me and my mental health. I don't know about y'all, but I'm back with more episodes, future guests, chit chats, vibes, and sending shots at the Somali community, because why not? Stick with me, you won't regret it, I hope. Hey guys, I am back with season two. Feels scary. I know I've been so inconsistent, but that's because you know I'm going. Your girl's going through the trenches. Like I've been, I've been going through the trenches since like I came out of the womb. But like this past, you know, year, two years has been, you know, a roller coaster it's a panoramic you can't hold me to nothing at this point like my mental health is like deteriorating like by the minute seriously um but anyways it was half term last week even more scary um if you know me you know that I don't want to have children and when I see my sister home for the week and then my nephew and I'm just like this firstly them two together is a horrible combination they egg each other on they don't sleep they just mess around and it's just like the atmosphere is scary like you don't want to be in the room um but yeah it was fun overall I I really did enjoy myself and half term was a vibe but I'm so glad she's back at school and he's going to nursery alhamdulillah and I don't have to see them till this weekend so yeah but anyways let's get into the hot topic because you already know what's popping like blue therapy is the only thing everyone is talking about in uk culture right now and i just want to say someone um confirmed was it deborah deborah confirmed that blue therapy is actually not scripted um however paul decided to do um an instagram video or instagram live and was like this was scripted and how thank you for giving me this acting opportunity and to my on-screen um girlfriend Choma you did amazing firstly sis was sharing deep deep stuff and was crying that wasn't I don't I don't believe that's an act Paul is just toxic he's way too toxic for my likings I'm not a fan never been a fan and I feel like a lot of people hate him but we move um but yeah so he actually what i was gonna highlight was um paul actually um jumped on an instagram live with taser black and um a black female therapist i believe um it was basically like somewhat of a a therapy session quote and unquote because really therapy online is um unethical like people giving you advice uh, or any type of therapy through social media platform is unethical and they can get like their license removed but she just like was asking him questions and every time he would he would answer saying but i invested three years i invested do you know what men say but i invested three years so why should i go like you're just mad toxic like just remove yourself out of the situation it's just not added up for me um super super scary if i was trauma i would literally run for the hills because sis has suffered like she has suffered like nobody no woman on this earth should suffer the way she did period like i cannot um 
but yeah like the therapy i feel like um was it i can't remember the therapist on blue therapy what was her name forget i lie anyway um but yeah so the woman that was on the instagram live she was like really good i feel like if you have a black therapist that understands you and your beliefs and your culture they can really get a lot out of you so like she was like redirecting the questions to him even though he was always like like saying other things and going off topic she would always like redirect the question and make like make sure that he he answers it like accurately and thinks about things and reflects do you know what i mean because just because you invested three years don't mean shit like to me personally yeah anything that's like mentally draining or has maybe compromised my mental health it's not for me period um but yeah i also believe that anything that's like haram will never be halal no matter how like in like or in love you are um haram relationships will ultimately like lead to heartbreak so that's not for me um we already went through a whole lot of situationships that was not adding up so we're not gonna do that at my big big age that's 25 that's what's popping um but yeah personally yeah i don't believe like i I don't believe like you can fall in love with someone so deeply that you've lost all composure like who would who would stay in these relationships both of both deborah and and choma like it was just it was just not adding up it was i'm trying to do the maths i'm trying to do the no no it wasn't for me at all um but yeah like me personally i just don't feel like relationships marriage anything is for me because after after experiencing what i've experienced and seeing all that shit on youtube nah i feel like no it's it's not for me it's definitely not for me i'm 25 to be fair in the eyes of the community in the somali community i basically expired so ain't no man going for me i might as well just be content being single doing my own thing and being a sibling carer because that's all i can do that's that is the most i can do and i can't i feel like being married is just i wouldn't say it's jarring but i feel like i would have a lot more responsibility like added responsibility to what i have now like niggas be waiting for me to cook like have you met me have you seen me in the kitchen before that's not me yeah period oh my god my mom till this day cusses me out for not like learning how to cook the way she cooks i feel like i should learn while she's here because I would hate for her to like like pass away and then and then i'm not not know how to cook like proper somali dishes and then you know these somali men they love their biris and hilib and they love like anjero maloa um what is it listen the day my mom makes survive in this house everyone is sprinting to the kitchen because it's like she rarely makes it but when she does everyone runs to the kitchen like it's the lottery it's like having some boozy basically anyway back to blue therapy and that mess of a social experiment i have no words like i literally have no words because i'm just in shock the way it just all turned out like let's take a minute and talk about jamil 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 you know our Ghanaian king he really 
he, I'm just disappointed, you know what I mean, like, I love God, amen, but, y'all really did it this time, y'all really did it, like, someone must have tweeted and said, um, this guy tweeted and said, Jamil doesn't represent all Ghanaian men, by the way. We are not scary. And then um, a girl quote tweeted and said, let me get it up for you so I could, word for word, she said, no, he really does. He's representing well, well. Everyone thinks Ghanaian men are sweet, but they are really scary. Oh my God, they are really, 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 really scary. They are sweet demons that will come and ruin your life they'll ruin it honestly if if you want to suffer like if you want to suffer in a relationship go for a Ghanaian man that's 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 my personal opinion and that is just from my personal experience too very scary oh my god um no like people always come for Nigerians but have you no no but Garnet, but really, oh my god, no, no, it's just not a bit of me, like, I second what sis said, my good sis on Twitter, like, she really said it, and she spoke facts, I kid you not, Garnet men, they are sweet demons, they are sweet demons, they will ruin your life, you will suffer, don't do it sis, don't do it, don't do it, I'm, I'm telling you, oh no, no, oh no, 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 <laughs> literally, um, yeah, so, the last man that I spoke to was Ghanaian, and he gave me PTSD, he gave, <laughs> I didn't know that was possible, I am traumatised, I am traumatised, that's why I'm just like, in I'm just trying to enjoy life, do you know what I mean, like, I have been traumatised internally, externally, everything, everything, he's, he's given me PTSD, I didn't know it was possible, but, you know, that's what he did to me, um, but yeah, like, I just want to, I just want to be doing the doing things this summer, I'm not trying to be a carer, I'm just trying to do hot girl halal summer, of course, um, let's not forget that I'm a girl that's wearing a hijab and covering, so more of the story, my sister, don't go for a Ghanaian man, okay, don't, don't do it, if you really want to suffer, let's just say, let's leave it at that, because it's, it's a bit scary, um, but yeah, for all the men out there that don't like therapy, I'm just gonna, there's just one thing that I need to say, don't knock it to try it, it really does help, and I feel like, Considering the fact that more men are dying by suicide here in the UK, you'd think that they would um, access these services, but I guess I guess not because of like toxic masculinity and you know trying to be the breadwinner, trying to like show strength or whatever. And these are you know some of these traits are good to have, but um, it kind of gets in the way from you accessing these type of facilities, um, and it could you know benefit you in the long run. Um, we definitely, like, should, like, as a community, normalise reaching out to, like, the GP or mental health services, because, like, a lot of the time we, I don't even know how to explain it, a lot of the time, um, it's too late, basically, like, it's too late, they've already, they've already gone, like, like, I don't want to make it sound bad, like, but they've already committed suicide, or they've gone, and it's too late, like, they're some, like, their friend is on Good Morning Britain crying their eyes out, but, like, 
you didn't see the signs i'm not trying to be bad like i'm not trying to bash people but it's like we should be more aware of like the signs and indicators even just checking up on your boys like just send a text do you even like do you know when you're when boys go out together do they even say did you get home safe like that's a bit scary like i know for me and my girls like when we go out i i always have to say did you get home safe da, 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 like and then like i'll go to bed but i feel like boys don't do that they just you know they don't send that did you get did you get home safe text like scary are your boys really your boys do they even say how are you or how you feeling or you know them questions that make you deep your your inner thoughts and feelings like i never get mess okay let me not say never like i rarely get messages that are like how are you feeling today like if you say that to somebody they'll they'll actually think about it because it's not a question that's asked every day do you know what i mean so try it out ask someone how they're feeling today and you know what's that word spread positive pa- positivity period um but yeah so it's carers week and this year during carers week we are celebrating unpaid carers contribution and highlighting the continued challenges they face so if you have been following me on instagram at afternoon tea with hibs podcast and if you've been following me on my podcast journey um continue to follow me on my podcast journey because it's going to be a whole vibe i'm just telling you that facts um yeah so i'm an unpaid carer i care for my little sister and i feel like i'm kind of like behind the curtains even though it's my like my mom's the main carer but like i still help out so i kind of somewhat feel invisible with my role um but this year carers week is highlighting um their contributions and what they do and the challenges they face because a lot of the time being a sibling carer you you go through the trenches like and you go through days where you're alone and you go through days where you're isolated depressed have like severe anxiety i know for me like when my anxiety creeps up it is not pretty it is not pretty or when i'm like really really depressed or i'm drained or i've i'm going through insomnia and haven't slept properly i remember when we all caught covid at the same time and my mum was hospitalized and my sister was around um but we all had covid and we were all physically mentally emotionally drained i swear to you i kid you not we me and my sister cried at least once a day like that's how emotionally overwhelmed i was and it's just the fact that i have covid but i have to push through and look after my disabled sister on top of her having covid and her having epilepsy and not knowing if it's going to trigger a seizure not knowing if she could possibly like have another stroke because of it because there's so much uncertainty with covid and people that have a medical um issue so when I was like on the phone to 111 they were just saying like these are things that you should look out for like the temperature and you know like in the heat or when someone like with epilepsy that experiences um seizures um what's it called um 
when it's when they get too hot it triggers them so like for Hadia um we always knew that when she was out in the sun we would always keep her in the shade because we know like that triggers her her seizures English don't be adding up sometimes but yeah so um it was a bit of a madness like I felt like I had to push through in what I was feeling and and I was just like I can't do like mentally I would be like I can't do this I can't do this like god take me now because really and truly how have I caught covid I'm basically dying inside and I have to look after my disabled sister on top of the fact that my mom's in hospital and we don't know if she's gonna make it or not and my mom would facetime me and she looks like she doesn't even look like herself i'm not even gonna lie everyone was scared like they thought like this was it like you know we should get our like our shit together and like you know plan you know and it's even though i'm like i'm smiling and like giggling but that's like a coping mechanism for me because i don't take anything seriously in this life is so bad like i just suppress 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 until i don't feel anything like i just want to feel numb to things which is super bad but i'm kind of working on it but anyways back to what i was talking about yeah so my mom would facetime me and she would be like like this is where i've left all my stuff this is where i left my passport this is where i left and i was just like sis don't even sis don't even have a will so like we were more worried about hadia like what the local authority would do if like in the event that my mom died and it was like scary scary like we didn't know what to do um but yeah she stayed in hospital for her full 10 days i think when she was like isolating so she stayed home for three days and she was like she was having breathing problems and so she had to um go to the hospital and it's like her condition got like even though she was on oxygen she ended up having pneumonia like heart problems all that other stuff on top of covid she's a diabetic and has high blood pressure and other health problems um so that was a concern for the for the doctors that were on the covid ward um and it's like her di- her diabetes levels weren't controlled like it wasn't it was like it was out of their control they couldn't even though they would like um give her insulin try and bring it back up it would it would like go down drastically because she's not like she's not eating or whatever um so it was hard for her to be stable um in hospital especially like when you're around other covid patients and they're all dying around you so she thought like she was like she was a goner like that's what she thought um but yeah alhamdulillah she is she she made it home you know and she literally had like a reality check and was like i need to do a will like right now and so she done her will and she made me um hadia's first guardian in the event that if i die it would be my sister and then in the event that she dies it would be somebody else um my brother so she is all good for like first second third backup guardians we're all backup dancers we're all here for hadia we're all supporters that's my sis um but yeah so like that's all covered she's basically planned 
everything to her ability and you know even though like we plan but Allah plans but I feel like when you have a disabled child you have to plan I can't even lie like just from being a sibling you have to plan like she has a hospital appointment you plan you like you want to go to an outing like an outing you have to plan um because a lot of places are not accessible a lot of places not wheelchair accessible you have to ring up places make sure that it's accessible is she's like um she has like certain sensory needs is it going to be too loud is it going to be noisy so um everything in this life that we do for Hadia we constantly have to plan from a to z we have to figure out what the outcome would be if like something wasn't accessible we have to have a plan b we have to have a plan c you know so i mean it's not easy but like we've kind of gotten used to all this planning in a way and which is why my anxiety kind of creeps up when there's no plans like when people message me spontaneously i would be like i cannot like you gotta give me a week you gotta give me a week to adjust my brain needs to get used to this and needs to say yeah you're you're going out this week you're going out that you're going out that day you need to get your fit ready you gotta like do a lot of things to prepare and so i have to mentally like egg myself on in a sense to um psych myself up like to go somewhere otherwise i won't go i'm gonna be here to educate you a few things if you're a sibling listening to this take notes for your parents or your mom um she might need this you never know um so yeah a lot of parents of disabled children don't always identify themselves as a carer and not identifying yourself as a carer means you often miss out on certain things such as like claiming for allowances carers allowance um having carers assessments being entitled to respite care or short breaks so respite care is when your child is able to go to like a certain facility to um sleep there for a few nights so you so the parents can have a break and short breaks is like um when you um my mind went blank so short breaks is like um local authorities that have different type of activities um for disabled children that cater to autism sensory needs disability wheelchair wheelchair accessibility so they can have those type of um they can have those type of activities and have it accessible to them and um that'll be a part of their short breaks so that's like a little fun play thing for them because a lot of the time society don't have places for disabled children and you can be entitled to up to like one hour a day or five hours a day whatever it may be um for them to play it's kind of like an after school club in a sense but during the holidays um yeah so carers are also entitled to annual flu jabs and now that we're living in a panoramic you already know um a lot of carers are entitled to get the covid vaccine first so my mom's had both her doses and yeah i haven't because i'm a conspiracy theorist i don't believe in no vaccine if i catch covid i catch covid if i finna die i die it's my time anyways that's just me um but yeah carers also get like 
discounts, um, free entry for activities, theme parks, um, and they even have access to like local parent forums that provide like advice and support, especially like for the Somali community um, that need help with understanding certain things and having support parent forums are amazing like I had to sign up for you know for vibes and for meeting new people even though I'm not a parent um my mom doesn't speak perfect English so I just signed up just for the vibes um and yeah so some of the seminars are so beneficial and could help like so many people in the Somali community like a lot of parents don't have access to these type of things and it's kind of sad like and they do amazing seminars on like consent sex education for disabled children to like dental care for disabled children especially for my family because we have Hadia and like when she grows up we need to be like very aware and vigilant of signs of like abuse um she's non-verbal and she can't tell us like hoyo a man touched me you know like as like a regular or a typical developing child would would say um so we would have to be very very much aware of like bruises on her body like even now like when she goes to school she does self-harm so that's why when she self-harms we make a note of it and we know the bruise that she has and where she has it so if she does come home with a different type of bruise we know it came from school and I feel like a lot of Somali parents need to start doing that a lot of people in the Somali community need to start doing that because you need to be aware of what your child um, is doing you need to be aware especially if you have a disabled child that's going to a full-time school because a lot of these um schools like they run like a business institution like they don't care about your child to them this is a business like they're just here to do their nine to five and cut like so um you need to be very very careful need to be very wary be cautious and i feel like when it comes to bruises sexual abuse any type of like any type of abuse you need to be like pretty much very aware of what your child is doing I know when it comes to a Somali community they have like a lot of children and they kind of slip through the cracks but this is something in no way shape or form should fall through the cracks like you should be very much aware of what your child is doing um but yeah so for me personally I feel like it's so important especially if you have a daughter that has a disability because um disabled women here in the UK are four times more likely to be sexually abused than a non-disabled woman which is why I make like an active um um like a conscious role in like what I'm doing as a sibling carer by making sure oh hoy this bruise wasn't here to like the other day and she was here with us but we sent her to school today and she's got a bruise there so that's a bit weird I write it down in the book I chase it up at school um I tell the social worker because Hadia has a show uh, hmm? Hadia has a social worker because I've referred her to a social worker there's no point in um I feel like Somali people are very much scared of social workers I'm not sure why I don't know like what they're scared of um but I've referred us to a social worker and our social worker has been pretty much amazing like she that is my sis I talk to her on a regular like 
pretty much at this point she's just a friend um but yeah she's really really nice and she emails me every day and she asks about updates and I'll, I'll be telling her this is that and I'm like I'm concerned about this and she she's always uh, giving me praises about like you're doing so much for your sister and like not a lot of people would take on this amount of responsibility which is true like a lot of um people that have um a disabled brother or sister they have pretty much an active role in their life and they have to not like they have to do it but it's just who else would advocate for them if they don't do it because then they will just fall through the cracks this local authority is not gonna like give you everything that you want you have to fight for it and it makes me even more angry and a little bit upset that disabled people have to fight to get what they want like to get what they need not even what they want like essentially she needs this stuff to live and you're not giving her access to it which is mad um but anyway that's another rant for another day period um but yeah so i wrote on instagram um that is like it's cameras week and if anybody has like questions and people have popped up and sent me a few questions so i'm just gonna answer like three because i feel like i don't want this podcast to um go longer than like an hour usually i do my podcast for like about 40 minutes the questions are um what's what's the best part about being a carer to your sibling i feel like the best part is it's gonna sound so corny but i don't care because that's my sis and i love my sis um but yeah do you know seeing hadia smile is like hadia smile is so contagious you be kiki keying through the screen i know y'all be smiling when i post her up on my instagram story um but yeah, her smile is so contagious. Everyone at the school is like, Hadia's smile is so lovely. She Like, she literally smiles with, like, her teeth showing, like, all of her teeth. Um, bless her. It's the most cutest thing. I love it. Um, uh, so the next question is, what are some of the struggles you face as a sibling carer? I feel like some of the struggles that some of the silent battles i would say that sibling carers go through is just the fact that they make sacrifices and it's kind of like unseen which is why i really love that carers week is about making unpaid carers more visible because in my life i've made so many sacrifices and i'm not saying that like to be resentful or like in a in a bad way because when I've, I've whenever I've made sacrifices because I do it for my sis and I love my sis but it's just like I also want to acknowledge the fact that siblings go go through it and it sucks like it sucks like it's shitty it's shitty sometimes and we need to accept that like acknowledge the fact that yeah things are crap sometimes but look on the bright side like even though your goals are on pause you'll be able to press play like in the future like it took me ages to graduate but I still did it it took me ages to get the job that I wanted but I still I still got it you know what I mean so I feel like um even though these there's like statistics about sibling carers and how they um basically fail in life and stuff like that I feel like it's so horrible to have those statistics out there um you kind of just feel like you're just that one in five that's a that's a sibling carer 
but it's it's not you you are more than that and literally you can accomplish anything you want in this life period um any advice for siblings that take care of disabled sister or brother um i basically answer that in the second question i feel like i do that sometimes but yeah so i feel like being a sibling carer shouldn't be looked as um as a limitation i know a lot of the time yeah you get depressed and you feel isolated and you feel like that you can't talk to your friends but you're very um it is an empowering role for me personally it is because i've i've grown up so quick to the point where i can notice certain things like i can just feel the atmosphere when it's different in a meeting i can um bring a different perspective um i can also like from me sitting in like certain multidisciplinary meetings i've just been able to take that experience and put it in my profession because like i know how to liaison with like social workers occupational therapists physiotherapists um i can liaison with like hospitals and make sure things are you know you're like being a sibling carer means like you do the absolute most i didn't even know educational healthcare plans existed until hadia and until i actually did one i'm telling you it took the life out of me i remember when i sat down at 7 a.m and i finished her educational care plan at um after like dawn of time which was like maybe like one two ish um but yeah like it is it literally took the life out of me because you have to like go in detail when it comes to an educational health care plan especially when it comes to um a child that's non-verbal so with my sister um in the beginning of the page it will talk about her medical and in the medical part like it didn't state that she had epilepsy and it was super weird like sis got epilepsy just because she ain't got seizures right now she could she could have one in the future so y'all need to write she got epilepsy and in the event that she does have a seizure that lasts more than five minutes you have to call 999 you don't be calling the parents you don't call um the nurse because there's no um emergency medication um so you have to call the paramedics and they need to take her to the hospital and i was just like why isn't this basic basic thing in the educational healthcare plan and like for for me obviously i can advocate for hadia but for other somali parents that don't even know that little things like this are not even in the educational healthcare plan and their child needs it like that's what i mean like so many somali people don't even know what's going on in their child's life and it's just super super scary i don't even know there's not even a word for it and i feel like as a community we need more people educating parents siblings i know sometimes it can feel like i don't like using this word it can feel like a burden but i'm telling you in the long run it'll be so worth it because then your your sibling will get the help that they need something as small as saying um give hadia water like to put in the educational healthcare plan because she can't speak she's non-verbal they're actually gonna forget to give her water if i don't put it in there do you know what i mean when she's at home obviously when i'm thirsty i'll give her water but it's not it's different for them like that's not their sibling that's that's not their child if i'm hot and i want an ice cream sis is gonna get ice cream too um 
so it's like stuff like that like in the back of my mind she will always be there like I remember I was just chilling in the living room and my mum was with me and she was like oh that can't be Hadia and I'm like that's Hadia she's awake and she's like no 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 no, she's not we sat there for a good 10 minutes and she's like I was like Hoyo like I know my sis like she's awake I can feel it I can feel it in my bones do you know what I mean but it's stuff like that like siblings just know but it's just like when it comes to like being at school you kind of have to break it like dumb it down for them like proper dumb it down for them like give her water give her actinol give her snack give her give her lunch it's so stupid to even say some of these things but you know we've even had an issue about lunch like she needs her lunch i know she resists it but you better give her her lunch period um but yeah so it's stuff like this that needs to be put in the educational healthcare plan um anyway my main message was the fact that somali people um don't know a lot about um the special educational needs sector and a lot of the time they're oblivious to um certain things and it's kind of sad um which is why it's so important to educate ourselves educate our parents educate non-disabled people to not stare at disabled people or to even say mommy look at her what's wrong with her do you know them kids that be like what oh my god there was this time where i took hadia to the gp and i kid you not it was like morning rush hour where kids are getting dropped off to school and obviously we were walking a certain direction and they were walking towards the school so um all the children i swear to god if i had one of them cams that the feds have oh my days i would have caught all them kids on camera um but yeah every single child stared at hadia every i'm you think i'm exaggerating i'm not exaggerating every single child stared at hadia and not because hadia was hadia wasn't even talking like she was too busy staring up in the sky and the helicopters and everything you know because she really likes um going out for walks um so she was pretty much quiet and she was just enjoying the breeze and every child was staring and i could just see like the parents kind of felt you know a bit ashamed that they never educated their child i could see like some of them like when they're holding their hand they would like tug at their hand more to just like make sure they look down and it's like you don't need to look down i don't need you to look down like it's okay to look but don't stare and then like just educate your child that other children can be in wheelchairs like it's not it's not like the end of the world if they're in a wheelchair like Hadia is living a very long life she is super super happy she is developing at her own pace she is hitting her goals that is my sis nobody can ever come for her because I would act sometimes yeah when kids stare for too long I'd act like it's a bad habit but I'll cuss them in Somali and then um sometimes I'm like Hadia please there's days where you literally violate us and beat us up why can't you do it to these kids <laughs> why? <laughs> literally i'm just like there was this one time yeah um i was changing hadia's nappy with my cousin and my sister it was free against one it was free against one she took us all out you think a 10 year old wouldn't have that much strength but she is so strong alhamdulillah like she is so strong she bust my lip like what was it like last week last week oh my god so so scary 
I didn't like she even scratched my um my arm and the next day I woke up and I was like I didn't know she scratched it and the next day I woke up and I was just feeling a lot of like tingly feeling and just like it was just really hurting in my arm and I looked at it and I just see hella marks like I'm just like damn when did she do this like when my arm is literally covered in scratch marks and bruises I literally get beaten like I get battered by a 10 year old like you you would it's obviously I'm laughing about it because it's just funny um but it's it's annoying sometimes and you have to have like a lot of patience when it comes to like having a disabled um sibling so my final message for carers week is check on your friends that are carers check on your friends that are quiet check on your friends that are less active check on your friends that are the mum friends of the group um nine nine times out of ten they're going through the trenches and they just want someone to talk to and um yeah I remember when I was going through it I know like I didn't I didn't want to talk to anyone about it because I thought a lot of people wouldn't understand my situation and then on top of that I kind of felt like I was burdening people with my feelings and being depressed and feeling anxious and I just didn't want to like bring the room down do you know what I mean um but it's so important to just talk about it and let it out like it's better for you in the long run and for others because then you're less likely gonna snap at people for the slightest thing or you're like you're less likely to burn out or even fall into like a long depressive um state where you can't even like get out of bed brush your teeth have a shower that actually happened to me scary um but yeah trust me i've been through it it ain't cute it ain't cute at all period um but alhamdulillah like i've managed to um get better mentally and i've had the help that i need through um therapy and through medicine i feel like a lot of people in the somali community um feel like getting help medically is such a bad thing but i feel like in my opinion because i've been through it and i've i'm like still going through it and still taking antidepressants it's helped me so much it's like stabilized my mood it's um helped me get through the day it's helped me do my daily tasks it's you know it's just it's a gem it's a hidden gem that the somali community don't want to acknowledge but i'm telling you it's a gem so you better go get it also praying really helped me as well um and i feel like we should also like acknowledge the fact that you know Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has brought down a cure for everything so why wouldn't I seek um medical help to treat my depression because where there's a disease there's a cure I've been your host Hibs this concludes the podcast um a reminder to always say alhamdulillah regardless here for a good time not a long time the halal way of course haram please please do not come for me